welcome to The Trial of Dungeon World, an actual play podcast from the RPG Academy. I am Michael, and this is The Trial of Dungeon World, episode number three, Tuna Fork. At the end of our last episode, two of our PCs have been swallowed by a sand creature and basically deposited none too gently in front of one of the towers. As At the same time, our other two companions had ridden up on a camel and met back up with this trying to flee from the sand creature as well as the still going on sandstorm, we decided to jump into that tower for safety. Is it the one we are seeking? And will we survive it either way? Find out in The Trial of Dungeon World, episode number three, Tuna Fork. to try to dart inside before yeah, it disappears. Door, we're going to run right in through the door. Okay, and so... If there's a sandworm, we're not going to hit it with a shield and cause it to move the board around again. <laughs> <laughs> you guys go running into the tower. Right as the last of you enter the tower, the camel goes, not wanting to be left alone, and still wondering where her camel sweetheart went she tries to run after you all into the uh, into the tower the towers door is unfortunately not big enough to fit her so she gets somewhat stuck in the door and right at that moment all of you are now in a glass tower a couple of things happen one is imagine yourself in the foot of this glass tower it's not very big it's enough for all four of you to fit kind of snug at the bottom there's some stairs going up and it's got an eerie light here. And also, you notice that the minute you enter the tower, even though the tower has an archway and the door is still open and you can see outside the door, I mean, there's no door to it. The arch is still open and you can see outside. But the minute you enter the tower, the wind stops. Now, as you're entering the tower, or when you enter the tower, the floor is made of this, this strange glass. It looks like it would be very slippery, but it's not. It's steady. It's got little ripples in it. It's as if someone had just sort of blown glass into a floor. The tower is, uh, you see the stairs up, and also the light is very iridescent here. It's eerily quiet. There are no other doors or exits, just the stairs upwards. And then the light becomes incredibly bright, intense, focused. You guys all either shut your eyes or find some way to keep from the light bl- from blinding you. When you open your eyes again, you notice that the tower, the view outside the tower, has shifted again. And you're now able to see the sandstorm outside the tower. You can see it moving slowly away, the sandstorm. And I'll say that the archway is facing in, um, in this direction, you know. So you guys are looking in this direction. Um, you're in the tower now. The tower is now an iridescent purpley color. And there is only one set of stairs to go up. I think the obvious choice is to dig a basement. <laughs> Badger. I can help. Well, if I'm this sorry, is say that now, again one more time. If, if this is now the, the color that, uh, that we saw in our, uh, our scrying vision, it and is. there is only one stairway to follow, I say we... Uh, go straight ahead. I will take the lead. All right. As you head up the stairway, and um, and let's see, we have marching order, please, up the stairway. Hunter's first. Okay. I'll be second. All right. Uh, mouth in third. Okay. And, and I unbadger up the rear. Okay. So <laughs> oh, you are still in badger awful. form. No, I I debadger. Unbadger. Debadger. Okay. So you are back to human form. You have spent your hold to debadger. All right, so let's see. Okay, so as you guys, as you uh, get about to the fourth stair up, all of the stairs suddenly uh, incline, I guess, like this. So you are all now on an incline, and you all go sliding down and land on top of the badger. Mr. Badger, roll 1d6, please. I mean, I'm sorry, he de-badgered, didn't he? Uh, Whoever was the bottom person, not the badger, whoever, yellow mane. He was um, still at the bottom, though. <laughs> Matthew is the bottom. At the bottom. So um, all of your companions come sliding down the now 
inclined uh, glassy surface and land on top of your head and body and various things with different cries of oof and up and urg and ug. Oof, oof, <laughs> ug. Yeah, just like that. All and, from Michael. And um, I will, <laughs> I will, I will say, con, con, uh, you have a chance, uh, Yellowmane, to react to this. And I will allow you because they did slide down pretty quickly. So, um, and ha instead of having you roll one d six, I'm gonna give you a chance to defy danger and get out of the way. I got to click on my... your token. Yeah, click on your token, and then and... click on defy danger by getting out of the way or acting fast. Oh, yeah. Now take that one d six damage. <laughs> so he and also mark XP because when you roll a six or less, you mark XP. So Yellow Man goes sliding down the. He he's on the bottom step. Everyone comes piling down on top of Yellow Mane, and for some reason, I'm holding my staff out like a spear, and just <laughs> stabbing with it. Yeah, because you were protected. You were ready for whatever's going to come down the stairs. That's and now right. It went falling down, and weapons and heavy other adventurers on top of poor Yellow Mane. And Yellow Mane, um, you uh, roll your one d six, please. Oh, you're lucky. So you just feel like. You, you, I'm going to say that you sprained your wrist or, you know, you hurt something. And actually, you know what? I'm going to say you tell me what you hurt because it will pay uh, attention. It'll, it'll matter based upon how combat comes on because we're about uh, to. So, so this is what they hurt when they all fell on me? Is that what we're talking yeah, about? Or is yeah, this, this is what, okay. yeah. What, what, what hurt? What got hurt or oh. sprained? Oh, definitely my shoulders. Definitely okay. They, they all like, hit me in the shoulder and I was like, wow, into the side of the glass tube. Okay. Do the stairs reset after we uh, all fall off of them? Nope. So it stays a ramp? Yes. Okay. After Connor gets up and brushes himself off, uh, he'll make sure uh, that Yellowmane's okay. Um, and then he's going to use his Guidance Rote. Nice. Uh, which is a free spell to cast, essentially a cantrip. The symbol of my deity appears and gestures towards the direction or course of action I should take, or my deity would have me take, and then vanishes. Okay. Good. That's perfect. Okay. So, your deity comes before you. Tell me about your deity, by the way. Uh, well, I, of course, worship Paylor. Although, for our listeners, this is not the shitty Paylor from the shitty third Dungeons & Dragons movie. This is the awesome Paylor from classic D&D. This is the champion of humanity, the the god of protection and healing and blinding sunlight. So uh, <laughs> Connor holds up his mace, which also has the face of Paylor embedded in it as his holy symbol. He, he, he holds it up in the air and says, oh, oh great Paylor, please shine your countenance upon us and give us some guidance to where this stupid bard bitches. <laughs> Paylor is an angry god. Also, what is Paylor's color? Or your cut? Like when he appears to you, he's surrounded in an aura or a mist or something. Oh, straight, brilliant sunlight. Oh, okay. All right. So there's a all of a sudden the iridescent light in the tower is effused effused with this sunshine brightness and this visage of a god appears before Connor and uh, he says Connor you're the one yeah Connor's Paylor yes and he sa he doesn't say anything but quietly motions directly upwards not at the incline but directly up and if you look up you will see there is a, you go up the ramp, and at the top of the ramp is a kind of walkway around the edge of the, in, inside of the tower. So it's like a balcony? Yes, like a balcony. In fact, it'd be easier if I kind of draw, I, not kind of, if I draw it for you. It's the best way I can do it. So you have a circle, you have the tower like this. And then inside is a kind of, here's the ramp coming down, you see like that? And then there's a um, there's a kind of balcony here that you can walk around, and then there's um, these kind of mm, metal or gla no glass um, 
supports or something, um, and then you notice a kind of crystal. This is from looking. You guys are looking from. You guys are down here at the bottom. This is you at the bottom, right? So when you look up, you see hanging down from this terrible drawing a crystal, a large crystal that's the same color as the rest of the. If that made sense, <laughs> does that my terrible drawing make sense? So when you guys look up, you see these beautiful supports and then a large crystal. And you see that your god is pointing directly at that crystal. Can Yellowmane turn into a winged creature and fly up there for us? Yes. Choose your creature. It has to be from the Great Forest. Peregrine Falcon. I... By, the way, I'm... Man. By the way, you guys are no longer shaky. I forgot to take that off and tell you that when you hit the tower, you are no longer dealing shaky problems. This crystal is pretty large, too. And you turn into a bird that's big enough that you could carry up our rope and then turn back into human and secure it, we could climb up? That's possible. Yeah, you can do that. Also, you can pull out of your adventuring gear. Don't forget the power of the adventuring gear. Once you start using the adventuring gear, you know, for example, I had someone pull out um, uh, a kind of um, mechanical uh, implement that he had said he made. This was at the military academy. And uh, he pulled out this mechanical implement that he used to distract somebody once. Um, and he just came up with that out of his out of his adventuring bag. So just you know, the adventuring bag is limited only by your imagination, basically. That's another thing you can use. Or you can have Yellowmane pull try and pull a rope up, too. Well, we did put a set of climbing gear inside there for each of us earlier, which would include like shoe spikes that we could use to climb up the glass ramp. Okay, and wh where did you guys get this climbing gear from? Um. Macy's? <laughs> Walmart. <laughs> I mean, did you guys did you guys pull this out of somebody's adventuring gear? That, yeah, so yeah, the, if we want to use the adventurer's pack that way, we could just okay. uh, have so climbing gear. So who has adventuring there. gear? Which one of you has that in your inventory? As I recall, none of us. Uh, <laughs> was oh, you really? said someone had to. I thought one of us did. I thought somebody, yeah, um, Yellowmane, you have adventuring gear. Good job, Yellowmane. I have adventuring gear. Boy, Yellowmane is the adventure. Turning I have the camels camp. rescuing us with ropes and pulleys and glass drills. So I have the gear from Macy's. You can pull out that adventuring gear. So, for example, I love that climbing idea. That's fantastic. If you want to pull that out for each person in your party, that would be four uses of your adventuring gear, and then you guys could just sort of climb up using the whatever those things are in your shoes. You know, put two uses and. We'll take turns. Oh, yeah. Or you can throw the shoes down or whatever the thing you use, whatever climbing gear you use. Well, I, but, I think uh, strategically we should still have uh, have Yellowmane fly up there real quick to let us know what's there first. If you are okay with that, oh, camely one. Um, can I leave my adventuring gear down there, turn into my purple avenging eagle, fly up there, check what's up there, and then come down and be like, yeah, you should get some shoes on and come up. Or screech from up there or say, hey, get your shit on, let's go. Not only can you, but that is what you do. And at my table, there's no need to ask can you, just go ahead and do it. And if for some reason I'm not going to allow it, I would tell you why I wasn't going to allow it. And I would say, as I spoke to you before, I would say, yes, but, yes, and, or no, but, you can do this. And I'll explain why. Yeah? So, Yellowmane, go ahead and roll uh, for Shapeshifter. And you're calling upon the spirits to change your shape. Now, uh, <laughs> Yellowmane Yellow rolled a nine, so he gets two hold. And you are a hawk, um, and that gives you incredible eyesight. That is your move. You can do other things as a hawk, but those that's the move I'm giving you as an animal. You know, that's your new animal shape move. You have incredible eyesight. You can see far and wide. Um, you can see all, in, way deeply into sandstorms, for example. That's yours, and I'm going to give you two hold to spend for that. Now, Yellowmane flies up to the top in hawk form. Yellowmane, this is what you see. So we're in a giant purple tower. You, you shush your mouth, sir. 
We don't need to go that far. Where's ladies person? I'm sorry, Scott. Oh! Apologize to me personally. Delightful. So I just have to say, as a, as a uh, mechanical note here, these druids are way better than 5th edition druids. <laughs> I was going to say, this is how you play a first level druid, Caleb. I know. I mean, they, they don't have spell casting, so that is a little bit different than the classic 3-5 Pathfinder druid, but they get way better shape change options. And uh, I, I looking at their um, special thingies that they get on the other levels, whether they're their moves or feats or whatever, they are very helpful. So uh, I'm a fan of druids in this game. I'm just typing audience to uh, to uh, Yellowmane as to what he sees as a hawk. And I definitely like the uh, the spell mechanic of casting and potentially losing it, but also mm-hmm. potentially just keep casting. Exactly. I can feel them conspiring against us. <laughs> Turn into something that has opposable thumbs. You'll type faster. All she's typing is, you see a hydra and are turned into stone. I don't understand why that takes so long. <laughs> uh, suddenly, a stone wait. hawk falls to the ground, crashes into a Crushing us all. Oh. Just, wait, when, when did hydras okay. get get powers to turn people to stone? Oh, Medusa. When, when druids got One of those the power to be head, helpful. Right? Hydras and Medusas are the same. Hey, druids, <laughs> oh, druids have always been very helpful, Michael. Hadrusas? Madadras? No. Okay, Yellowman, do you have any other questions? Nope, I think I've seen all that I can see, and I'm going to dive back down to my compatriots, unhawk, and I'm going to tell them that there is a gem up there with a a shape inside of it. It looks like a body, but I saw that there were anthropomorphic shapes around it holding weapons. Oh, I love it. He whipped out anthropomorphic. I think we yeah made of glass. So I think we uh, we may need, we may have some trouble with this. Our oh, and one more thing. Definitely gonna be hard to get. One more thing, Yellowmane. There. Each statue is a different color too. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming one for each of our colors: purple, red, blue, and yeah. yellow. But I could be wrong. Yes. Yes, that's correct. Excellent. See, I'm good at this. And here I'd assume we were suddenly playing paranoia, and they way outranked us. So, how do you guys go on from this point, gentlemen? Well, I didn't come this far not to get my $17, so we're going up that ramp. <laughs> That's right. We're the, right. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's weapons out. You know, yeah, consider this glass blown. We're, we're ready to go. <laughs> were, the color, were the color-coded shapes close to the exit of the ramp in your hockey wisdom? Um, and the statues were equidistant along the edge of the ramp, one first, I mean, along the, uh, balcony here. One here, like one back here. There's four of them. All right, the goal here is to win. I don't want to live in a world where a baby camel has to live without a father. <laughs> but man, I don't want to live in a world where girls who can barely sing can steal $17 and get away with it. <laughs> man, you can't win D&D. We're what? not playing D&D. We're playing Dungeon World. And you, oh, you can, can win that. You can win Dungeon yes. World? When, okay. Man, this is a whole new paradigm. I know that you can lose it. So does that not mean there has to be a way to win it? You can lose it? Oh, you can definitely lose. <laughs> and we probably are going to lose it. I, I, if you I, don't I, use it, you lose it. Yeah. Uh. Damn it. I was going to say that. You suck. Yeah, I didn't know you could lose it either, so I'm learning all kinds of things. <laughs> well, you can certainly lose Call of Cthulhu, so I'm used to that. You can die. That's a big loss. Eh, it's not that bad. <laughs> then you get to do Last Breath. I haven't had anyone die yet, though, but I keep trying to kill people, but nobody is considered enough to think of my feelings just, and die. Just set the glass tower on fire, and then Matthew will jump out the top of it. Well, since uh, since we had a couple moments, do we need to use any healing magic before we go into what we believe will be our final battle, cleric? Oh, goddamn! You're right. I'm in the healer. Uh, who's who's down other than me? Connor, you should see that you're down. Rowan, it, Connor's at 15 out of 21. It, it, Rowan it, it, it is at 19 out of 25. You just have to retype our. Yeah, basically, you have to open up your tokens and retype them. Yeah, I fixed mine. Mouthwrench 15 means, of 16. Yep. You guys opened. You guys, 
Yeah. If you have one tiny spell that can heal us all just a teeny bit, we'll be good. Well, I've got Cure Light. Let me... Okay, so who is the most hurt? Emotionally, or... <laughs> I don't care about your emotions. You government stooge. <laughs> Mostly I don't care about your emotions because you've distinctly told me in the past that you don't use those Nerf guns in the background, you just have them to look at. And that makes me upset. This, this background's actually a fake. It's just digitally drawn on to my um, explosive bunker or, like, the North Korean helipad that I happen to be broadcasting from any given week. You're in an active volcano. We know. That's right. It looks like, Connor, you're actually the most wounded percentage, percentage-wise, and I think uh, Rowan is next. I'm, I'm down one, so I'm okay. Well, I, I would heal you guys first in case I lose my spell. So I guess that would be Rowan? Yeah. Okay, so... So, me... what are you casting, Cleric? Cure Light. Okay. So, I will uh, first and foremost roll, uh, what, 2d6 plus Wisdom? Well, I know it heals 1d8, but I think I still have to yeah. roll first for whether or not I Yeah, lose you're going to roll, because um, it's a spell, you're going to do this, you're going to do the move, cast a spell... Right. And yes, it's roll plus your wisdom. Okay, so I got a nine on that roll. Okay. Let me go ahead and roll one d eight to heal Rowan. That's who I was targeting. There you go, buddy. Boom. Okay, now hold on a second here, gentlemen. On a seven to nine, you draw unwelcome attention or put yourself in the spot. Choose one of these three options for the seven to nine on spellcasting. We've been rolling a lot of minor failure nines tonight. Um, yeah. So if I'm understanding this properly... You're casting a spell. Okay, so I've lost the spell. Or no, that's one of the options. One of the options. And you get to choose which one. You either uh, draw unwelcome attention, your casting distance you from your deity. After you cast it, your spell is revoked by your deity. Okay. Um, I'll take the the neg one so I can keep Cure Light prepped. Okay. And then... So you'll just have to remember that when rolling. Yeah, I got it. And then... uh, Malthrin, do you need any healing, buddy? No, I'm fine. Okay, Uh, what about Yellowmane? Unmute yourself, Matthew. I'm good as well. Okay, so you're... You're You're only down one hit point, Yellowmane. Connor, you can... Okay. You can... uh, Did you add your four to to your token, Connor? I mean, not Connor. um, Who am I rolling toward? Uh, Whoever... Rowan. Yeah, I healed Rowan. Okay. And Connor, you also need some healing as well. Yeah, I'm going to cast on myself here. So with the penalty, this will be 2d6 plus 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what we got. Hey, still got a 10. Awesome. Okay. All right, so that should bring you back to full health. You should be feeling quite nicely after uh, that. Well, let's see what that is. 1d8. I got a 7, so absolutely. Okay. Yay! And I did not lose the spell, but I still no. carry the neg one. Mm-hmm. Until the next time you commune with your deity. Right. Yeah. And I'm All back right, to full. so um, I asked you, I turned to you guys. You guys are at the base of the tower looking up. The uh, stairs have thwarted your efforts to climb them by becoming an incline, and you slid down. So now my question to you is, as always when we start Dun- Dungeon World, is what do you do? Okay, uh, point of clarification, Yellowmane. They were statues up there, so at this point in time, they are unmoving. At this point in time, I did not see them move, but the way they are, I would imagine that they're going to. Did they appear to be holding weapons or standing in an offensive stance? They are holding weapons at the ready. Okay, about about how tall would we estimate this tower is, meaning how long is the ramp we have to get up there? Oh. Take a couple minutes. With climbing uh, here? Yeah, it only takes a couple minutes. It's not it's not a very tall tower. It won't take you ages to climb up there. Okay. Um, and we had two sets of climbing gear out of our adventure pack. If that's what you say you did, you guys did, then that's what you did, yes. Okay. I, it hadn't been clarified what you guys were going to use to get up here. Rope you or pulley? Three. You guys can take three, or, or we can do... I could put a rope up there, and then we can... One... I, I mean, it doesn't matter... That. I, I think I pull from your adventure pack a tuning fork that's exactly tuned to the resonance frequency of the stairs to turn them back into stairs. 
<laughs> okay, try it. If that's what you want. Are you guys in agreement with that? If that's a possibility, I'm 100% down for that. I don't know yeah. if it's a possibility. We're going to find out, though. Go ahead and try it. It's your adventure pack. It's up to you. I, it was actually Yellow Mane's. We're just janking it off of him. The adventure bag is made by Nike. Just do it. All right. Okay. So you take out a tuning fork. Which one of you is doing this? Apparently that would be Rowan. The, uh, Who's the luckiest? The, the stupid fighter is stupid enough that he thinks this is going to work. Oh, I want to see if it's going to work, too. <laughs> so describe what you do, please. <laughs> so I, I pull out the tuning fork, the one that we very thoughtfully packed in there some months back when we thought we might need to pretend to be bards or musical. And someone thought, oh, tuning, that's a musical thing, right? And uh, up until now, we've only discovered that it makes a shrill, high-pitched squeaking noise and not something that anyone would actually want to tune something with. One that, in fact, cracked the glasses of a uh, one of, one of the... Uh, more senior guild members who we were trying to pledge to. So, realizing that uh, that we may capitalize on that previous error, I pull out the tuning fork and I crack it against the glass and hope for the best. <laughs> okay, whoever's in... Look at his face. <laughs> this is what happens. So, on situations like this, to the audience, as you can see what I am doing, when I don't know what happens, and I'm not going to just, you know, I like to I like to keep as much randomness as possible. It keeps me from unconsciously trying to control everything, the story. So for this one, I'm going to head over to RPG Solo, the tool I use, and I'm going to roll for this, basically. And I'm going to do a somewhat likely roll. I'm going to give him a little bit of a chance that this is going to happen, and it'll give me a yes or a yes and or whatever, and that will determine what happens with the stairs. Oh, man. Fairness, in all fairness, that's what it said to me. <laughs> so nope. up, no, not even a little bit of a maybe. No. no subtlety, no imagination. That really... random roll, just a big fat capital N. No. Go I was yourself. really hoping that it was gonna work. That's <laughs> all right. That's all right. I'm sure this big tuning fork or tuna fork, as it may actually have been. Well, no, that's will the problem. Sometime. That's the problem. It, it was a tuna fork. It was a tuna fork. Yeah, that's why. That's why when we hit it, it just kind of pinged. And, and, and the fork. reason it broke that uh, poor man's glasses is because I was actually tapping a fork against his glasses. Yeah. <laughs> you just Being stabbed him in the fire. face with a fork. <laughs> now, oh I encourage God, that you... That did not go well. <laughs> Dear audience, I encourage you to um, also check out the video that will come as a special... Um... No one wants to see this video. Yeah. This is our first time <laughs> ever doing video, and I'm like hyper aware that I'm constantly making these weird motions with my hands and face. I'm like, I don't know if I want anybody to see this. <laughs> because the things I'm that they're writing in chat better. are really funny. They're writing some really stupid shit in chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the kind of stuff that will never even end up on a blooper reel. That's what goes in chat. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you guys, if they ever do decide to release this as a video and you'll get to see it, you know, it's not my fault. That's all I have to say. <laughs> okay. So um, but the, the nothing happened to the spears with the tuning fork. And the answer to the person who just whispered me is um, no. No, <laughs> but no, but you can do a miniaturized version. And I didn't know that that was something that you could ch change into. I didn't know that. I just gave away who I'm talking to, but basically, yeah. Um, the but, wizard, um, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh. nothing happened when you guys hit the tuning fork. But you do hear a sudden sound as if someone has dropped a bunch of glassware on the ground from above. Like a bunch of glasses cracking and crackling. It sounds like a tinkling noise. It's very loud. And it tinkles and, and you guys hear it. Everybody stands stock still. And then suddenly the noise sort of drifts away and you hear complete silence again. Remember this t this tower is dead silent, eerily silent, like muffled almost. Remember when you went, you can't hear the sounds of the storm anymore. You can't hear the sand outside. All you can hear is the hear tower working. tinkling. You can hear the tower tinkling. Yeah, if we look up, do we see anything falling at us? Is anything changed? Nope. All right. Well, we need to get up there. So let's just uh, let's put uh, put our shoulders into it. Um, if if we have some climbing gear, I will happily be the first to climb up and suffer the brunt of any attacks while the rest of you come up. 
I will happily let you do that. What? I said I'll also volunteer to go up early, and I have this lovely tuna fork I can tape to one of my shoes. I'm sure that'll give me a better traction. Yeah. All right. So um, if, if we have two oh, sets Oh, that was a good idea. I'm sorry. I apologize for interrupting. Uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, if we have two sets of climbing gear, uh, mm-hmm. I'm assuming we've got some uh, crampons for our boots. Yep. And yep. Uh, some, 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 uh, some pikes or something we can use, and we can just very slowly and carefully make our way up the incline. It's a self-enclosed box of uh, Macy's climbing kit. Everything you oh. need, one box. So oh, okay. So, so it's like box. the <laughs> it, it's the holiday set you get for twenty five dollars around yeah. Christmas. Yeah, right. it's in a bundle of four. Macy, we, we we bought the bundle of four, right? Macy's one mountain climber. I, I yeah, think that's patent pending. I don't need one, so we're only going to use the three. I mean, but the bundle of four would be only one object to keep pull out because it's a bundle. <laughs> uh, no. No. It's kind of like how what? I could pull out cable internet and cable TV and <laughs> home phone line all at once. <laughs> I'll I'll charge you out of the ass for it. <laughs> That's right. You can you can pull out two. You, now I want you to mark on your your adventuring gear, uh, yellow mane, that you have taken one use to pull out. Uh, what was that thing you guys just pulled out? Uh, oh, the tuning fork. The tuning uh, fork. And you can mark two more uses to pull out climbing gear, or you can mark four. If you want to pull out for all of them, but then you won't have any more adventuring gear. I think two. Um, and Yellowmane, do you choose to do what you were want to do? Yellowmane was whispering to me uh, to the audience as to what he wanted to do, and I don't know if he's going to choose to do it. Uh, yes, I'm going to tap pull out the resonance frequency of the stairs. Yep. <laughs> I'm go- pulling out three boxes of climbing gear. Everything they need: shoes, gloves, chalk, uh, climbing harness, uh, belts, buckles, a uh, little hat. And Short shorts for each of them, and I'm going to become a cougar and uh, get up there uh, on my own. Okay, um, I want you to roll a plus wisdom for shape shifting. Now there is a failure in shape shifting. If you roll a low roll, it's the failure is is pretty fun to be absolutely honest. But you've had some high rolls for shape shifting, so you haven't had a failure yet. Yeah, like that. Damn. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. No, no failure on that. He rolled a twelve, so he gets a three uh three hold. For that, and um, I will mark your three hold. And the hold concept is a little bit hard to get used to, and I will admit that I am still getting used to it. But basically, what it means is each time you do something in the form of your animal, you say, "My animal chooses to do this." I say, "Great, spin one hold." That's basically how it works. Um, and Adam and Sage may listen to this later and go, "Jesus, she has no idea what she's talking about." But that's what I say for now. Um, okay, you guys head on up the slick surface using your different climbing tools. Unfortunately, this makes a lot of noise, and you feel the noise reverberating around you in the tower, and the noise is odd. It's like the minute it, the noise comes out from you and hits the tower wall, the tower sort of absorbs it. So it sounds like crackle, cr- you know, crunch, uh, 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 noise, 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 and then, and then, it kind of, I don't know the best way to put it, it just sort of expands from you, and then the tower sort of sucks the noise in somehow. The cougar shape goes flying by all of you guys. You guys are working your way up this incline, making enough noise to wake the dead. (laughs) And the cougar arrives at the top of the stairs. And what you see at the top of the stairs, gentlemen, is you see... Wow! Wow! (laughs) It's made with bits of real panther, so you know it's good. (laughs) You see uh, this statue right here blocking your way at the top of the stairs. And I'm going to have you guys, just for my own um, peace of mind, move your tokens to where you are on the map whenever you move, so it helps me to be able to tell what's going on. I suppose Yellow Mane is at the top of this right here. Oh, that's the top over there? Yeah, that's the top. Okay. Yeah, this is the bottom downhill. Okay. Okay, so that's where you guys are. So Yellow Mane, you come up and you find your way barred by a large statue carrying a it's um I'm about to show you. Uh it's going to be I'm just gonna put the link in chat. It's carrying this, a morning star. And in its other hand, it has a oddly shaped it has an, an object that looks like a cylinder with um a kind of hole in the top. 
and uh, and it is menacing its flail at you, yellow mane. It whips it around its arm, and the, oh, by the way, standing at its feet are piles of of glass, and it's the glass on it. You know, like when you hit a window and it doesn't break all the way, but it just has a bunch of cracks going through it. It's like that. It's like a layer of glass kind of fell off this thing, and it's still perfectly intact, but there's uh, red glass at, uh, around its feet. It's looking extremely irritated. If glass statue could look irritated, it's got a beautifully carved face, and it's swinging that morning uh, flail around, which is also made of a very. It's also made of glass. It's um, not hollow. It's heavy, and it does move around. Actually, I'm going to take that back. It is made of an actual wood material and whatnot. And uh, but the rest of the rest of the statue is glass. What do you do? You guys are face down with this. Um, and as this as this is happening, you see this one over here beginning to move to back it up. We need to put on some battle music now because you guys just might get your butts kicked. Probably. Are we, are we all at the top of the ramp, or is Yellowmane up there by himself? You guys are all at the top of the ramp, I suppose. Let me turn that down. Sorry about that. Oh. Um. You guys are all at the top of the. Are you guys? I mean, you guys are where, at the. Like I imagine that Rowan is near the bottom. Connor's up near the top. Mal Theron's up near the top. Based on right. where your tokens are, that's what I'm assuming. Okay. I just so didn't you know guys are gonna have to kind of get by Yellowmere, who uh, right. Yellowmane, I mean, and Yellowmane is um a cougar. Dude, are you battle? Yeah, cat? he is. Matt, are you battle cat? Can I ride you? Uh, I can be battle cat. Right now, I'm just a cougar, though, which is not big enough for you to ride. If you want, I can become a lion or a tiger, in which case you can ride me. Or I can become a um, an ancient, elvish, feline battle mount that is perfect for riding. They were they were natives of the Great Forest. I think you're making that up. Am I? Some sort of woodland cattle. All right, so how does initiative work? Is there even an initiative in this there game? There is no doesn't? initiative in this game. Basically, I describe what happens and you respond to it. Got it. And um, the way it works, when we're doing it correctly, is that combat's like a flow. This thing will move towards you, and sometimes there'll be what you call an attack of opportunity, for example. And another game is what you'd be called. You know, if you try and cross in front of someone who's flailing at you, you know, you're going to provoke... Well, in other games, would be called an attack of opportunity, but I will just describe it in the story. I will say, well, as you cross in front of him, he reaches out his flail and attempts to trip you. What do you do? Or whatever. The other thing is with combat, um, they can make a move towards... The way I play it is if you are paying attention in combat, your character is, then just like if you were paying attention, they can't quite get a jump on you unless maybe there's two of them. One comes up behind you, behind, behind you and hits you, while you're paying attention to another one, then I would have you roll for damage or take damage. But I won't just have it be where he hits you. That's and you're like, well, but I was standing right there and I could see him. That doesn't happen. Okay. So with the way that combat happens, it's basically the same as the rest of the game. It's a conversation back and forth, no initiative. Basically, Yellow Mane's in front, so he'd probably and there's a huge glass thing with a big mace coming down on him. So I'd imagine he'd probably want to do something pretty soon, or die. <laughs> do something. Well, I t I, Connor can say, well, I attempt to jump over Yellow Mane and take the blow instead. And I can say, okay, well, let me see what happens there. And then that's when you start getting into some really creative thinking. So I'm going to press you guys again because I want you guys to respond to the fact that there's some urgency going on and that somebody's trying to kill your ass. Y'all get what I'm saying? Well, <laughs> I, responded. I responded. Oh, you did? Okay, what would you say? You put it in chat. Oh, okay, that's why I missed it because I went on the chat window. So what Yellowmane does is he says he dives through the first one's legs, he unshifts, and then shifts into a forest bison. <laughs> Be a bull in a china shop. <laughs> All right, uh, a forest bison. You're going to have to think of another animal because bison don't live in the forest. Come on, big guy. Uh, boars do, and boars aren't good for china shops. Oh, Ooh, there you go. All right, I'll take a boar. Okay. Can, yeah, you, know, and... you know what else lives in the forest is dire boars. So, you dive through. Go ahead and move your token to show where you move to, and I will respond with that. Yellowmane, while you were attempting to, to do this, 
you're concentrating, calling on your four spirits. I am unfortunately going to have to inform you that it is difficult for you to change. Imagine that you are in the middle of combat. This is not very far away from you. You dive through the legs of this one. Connor is coming up behind you quickly. You need to concentrate to change into an animal. You need to picture that animal in your head. So you go ahead and make that shift and change, but this one is going to attack you as it does. And he will take a large spear, and as you begin to change into human form, he dives his spear down upon your, aiming for your belly, going straight in for your belly. Let's see if he manages to do that. So, hold on one second. So the way I'm going to do this, there's a different way to do this in Dungeon World, but what I do is I like to just roll for it based upon where the character is and what's going on. And I'm also going to roll a combat roll. And so he swings his spear at you, and because you were in the middle of changing form, he's unable to keep an eye directly on you, the statue, and keep you in place. So his spear goes banging into your belly, completely knocks the wind out of you, and deters your ability to shapeshift into your second form of a boar. You are now bent over. You are also winded. And that means that you are also stunned temporarily while you are down on all fours. Connor, Mouthrin, and Rowan, what you see is Yellowmane and his form of a cougar dive between this tall statue. These statues range between seven to nine feet tall. They're pretty tall. And the statues like this looking confused. And then it comes at you, Connor, full up, swings at your head, aiming for your head as if to kind of just bash your head right off its shoulder, off your sh off your shoulders. Connor, Mouthren, and Rowan, how do you respond? Yellowmane is down on the ground, stunned. Uh, well, I'll definitely get my shield up above my head to try to absorb some of the blow and mm -hmm. um, hopefully kind of fend it off to the side and use that momentum to carry my mace over into a, a good hit at him. Divide, defy danger by enduring, and then roll hack and slash, please. Okay, so here's my defy danger. That was a nine, unfortunately. Do you want me to roll the hack and slash still? Yeah, go ahead and roll oh, your okay. hack and slash, too. And then I'll describe what happens. Jesus oh. Christ. Mark XP. Connor, um, what happens is that your, your cleric attempts to take the brunt, growling, I suppose, or um, defying himself attempting to defy the blow. The blow comes down on you. You stumble backwards into Maltherin, and you guys go sliding down, losing your your form, using your um, grip on the, uh, on the incline. You go sliding down into Maltherin. Maltherin goes sliding down into Rowan. And at the top, your blow does not do any damage whatsoever because you've fallen out and you have had difficulty um, with your because you're sliding backwards, your blow falls wide, and this statue comes gliding down, like skating, right down. Lands, you guys are now in a pile on the bottom of the floor. Rowan, you see Mouth, Moutherin and Connor come sliding down the back here, backwards, and then you see the statue just calmly, face still, completely expressionless. Glide, slide like he's been doing it for a hundred years, because maybe he has, maybe that's how they spend their spare time, um, and go gliding and sliding right down, coming into you, lifting a foot. Connor, he slams a foot right into your face. Please <laughs> roll one D eight damage, please. Five. Connor takes five damage, and you can describe where he hits you and how it affects you. Um, well, being in a big heap on the ground. Um, I definitely probably would have been sprawled out, so I'd assume he would just land a uh, land a boot right in my chest, right in the bread All basket. Right. And you are temporarily winded. There's no debility for that. I will just simply say that you are winded, and I want you to add that into your story when describing your next moves. Okay. Rowan, you now again have your adventurers on top of you guys are now again in a disgraceful pile. There's a statue coming. You can also hear more movement as more statues come awake and begin to move. Yellowmane, you are winded. This statue is lifting a hand, uh, lifting its uh, foot up to land on your hand and crush it. You have an opportunity to respond. What do you do? I would like to act fast and get out of the way. Roll for that, please. 
And uh, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, you are unable to um, move your hand out of the way in time. These glass statues are remarkably quick. He smashes your hand. Your hand is now, uh, you are able to hold some, actually, no. He smashes his foot down on your hand and you are now pinned with your hand down. And you're there with a statue there. Your hand is pinned. You're going to have to figure out what to do, and I will let you know. What you're, I will uh, let you think about what you're going to do while I go to Maltharen. Maltharen, you are in a pile on the ground. You can scramble up. You can uh, do what you want to do. You can kiss one of your one of your uh, adventuring buddies on the on the cheek and say goodbye, buddy. I was preparing to summon the arcane energies of my uh, ancestors and blast this statue, but then I had to do my little Three Stooges routine down the sliding staircase. <laughs> So I figured that I'm kind of down, like on my back, and then Connor's sort of almost like we're getting ready to go down a water slide together, but yeah. backwards. Yep, exactly. And this this uh, glass statue has its foot on his chest, so I'm gonna use cast magic missile at its ankle to try to like awesome. shatter his ankle so that he won't be able to walk. That's thinking. That's thinking like that. Yes, you can go ahead and do that. Okay, I just aced that mofo uh, with double six. Woo! That is excellent, excellently done. If there is a version of a critical hit, that would be it, which I don't think there is. But that is a yeah. If there were a version of critical hit, critical hit, that would be it. But this is just the gods are on your side when you try and do this, and you roll damage. But also, damage isn't just everything in this game. In other games, damage declares, oh well, it's only three damage. It doesn't do that much. No, in Dungeon World, the way I play it is that it's based upon what's going on in the story. So, uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, you just seriously ruined this golem's day. Magic Missile comes out of your staff. Do you have Malcolm? I do have a staff, but I was going to just use my hands, almost like it's between them. Like, oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, describe what happens to his ankle, because his ankle is is yours to do with you as you wish. Okay, well, I imagine that essentially there's like a two to three inch area of his ankle that just vaporizes into nothing. And the top of his leg is now just this shards of mangled glass. And because it no longer has a foot, it actually stumbles and stabs Connor again. <laughs> oh, no. That's not cool, man. Oh, um, Connor, are you okay with that? I mean, there there is an action and reaction to what happens to yeah. characters. Yeah, that's fine. I would, uh, if that were to happen, he would try to roll to get out of the way real quick. Defy danger by roll by getting out of the way or acting fast. Uh, there it is. All right, so you begin to roll. It's difficult for you to uh, to get out of the way just because you're still kind of up on on the on your back like this, and your head's kind of downward sloped. Uh, you able to roll out of the way, but your arm, as you roll, takes an, a slash across your arm. You are now uh, injured, and you're having a, a you have a wounded arm. It's not enough. You can still move your arm around. It's a surface cut, but it definitely did a bit of damage there for you. Roll one d6 damage, please. Luckily, thanks to the fact that um, our our lovely champion Connor uh, distracted the monster and lowered its height down. In exchange for the hit point damage he took, I was able to shimmy out from underneath him and, uh, using the butt end of my spear, pole vault over this glass monster and run up the stairs toward Yellow Mane, where he's doubtlessly getting his unconscious butt kicked. Rowan. Take an RP point. <laughs> Yay! Now that's what I call some describing. That's what you're talking about there. Okay, so um, I told this to the guys uh, before we started recording, but just to the audience, RP points are not part of Dungeon Roll. They're just my own fun, basically. <laughs> and what it means is that he now has the opportunity. Uh, he's been rewarded for role-playing, clever solutions, and creative thinking. So he can choose to use an RP point now. Uh, his next roll, uh, I mean, if he chooses, when he chooses to use the RP point, he has three choices. And so when he chooses, or if he chooses to use that, then uh, I will tell you what his choices are. So uh, Rowan now has an RP point. 
Um, Yellow Mane is conscious. His hand is pinned, but he is conscious. Yellow Mane, you feel and hear the clatter of uh, Rowan coming up the stairs behind you. I imagine that your face is grimaced, and this statue is bearing down for all of its worth. Any more bearing down, and you will soon have a broken hand. Yellow Mane, what do you do? Thanks for attending the RPG Academy and listening to our podcast. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. This podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash the RPG Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We will use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out numerous ways. One, you can subscribe to our show on iTunes, or you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio. Also, if you clear your cookies and then visit Amazon or DriveThruRPG through our portal, we get a kickback from your orders, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like an RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at vrpgacademy.com, or you can reach us on social media such as Facebook and Google+. We are there under the RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, Caleb G, at... The Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at The RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.